Welcome to the King's Anywhere podcast, inspirational teaching, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whenever you're ready. This week, uh, I wonder, question for you, what this week have you learnt about Jesus? So as you, as you reflect on, on this week, what's, what's been your, your journey this week? Um, what, what has he shown you? What has he said to you? Um, how, has he, how has he been with you this week? And um, the thing, the thing is, we're on a journey. Um, we're we're heading somewhere, and um, we're all on this uh, pilgrimage. So we're all on the, on a journey, and we're all going somewhere. And now, if you if you think about a pilgrimage, you know people do pilgrimages, don't they? They you know they go to to Spain, and they, they do these walks, um, and they find themselves, so to speak, and they go to sacred places, um, and that's what people think of, of, of pilgrimages. But that isn't our pilgrimage. Um, we're all on a journey, and uh, it says in Hebrews that, you know, all in Hebrews 13, 11, 13, that all these, let me just find, find that scripture for you. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on, on earth. And uh, it's, it goes on to say... Uh, verse 11. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were looking for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And there's a lot of people in the Bible, aren't there, on journeys in general. <laughs> in, in the Old Testament, Abraham, Jacob, uh, lots of people. Um, but we are actually on a journey, you and I. We're on a journey, all of us who know Jesus, to the same place. We're all going to the same place. On our journey, we've got the same destination that we're going to, and and that is to be with Jesus. That's it. <laughs> That's our destination. To be with, to be with Him uh, forever. And um, our hearts, there's a verse in, in Psalm 84.5 um, that says, Blessed are those whose strength 
is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Um, I don't know if we could maybe just turn the lights off a minute so we can see that, this photo. There, that's better. <laughs> and we're all on a journey And Jesus says, doesn't he, that you know the way. You know the way to the place where he is going. And Jesus said, didn't he, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so... If we're all going to the same place and we're all heading in the same direction, then it's important that our attitude and outlook is that we're going to encourage each other to get there. That we're going to come alongside one another because we are actually fellow pilgrims (laughs) on this journey together. And so there's no point, is there? I mean, there's not really the time to look at the negative things. If someone needs support, if someone needs help, if someone needs lifting up or helping hey, we're heading in the same direction. We're going to the same place to be with Jesus for forever. So we're all pilgrims. You can turn the, the lights up now. Thanks, Carl. That is my picture of my daughter-in-law, Hannah, on Cribgock in uh, Wales. And um, it's like... Um, Striding edge in Helvellyn. <laughs> it's a sheer drop on both sides. She's done it a few times. Um, so, um, but it, it, it's she. It's a prophetic picture because she only sent it this week to me, and it just feels like we are being invited to follow. So we are asked, aren't we, to follow Jesus? Will you follow him? Will you walk with him? He walks alongside you in your journey. Um, He is is with you. He he has gone before us. And we we are on this journey together. And it tells us, doesn't it, that we are foreigners, we are aliens, we are in a foreign country, we are sojourners here, right now, um, while we're on earth, because we are heading for a different country, we're heading for eternal life, we're heading for the presence of Jesus uh, forever, and that is our perspective um, that, that, we can, that we can have um, and that he, he calls us and encourages us to, to have. 
as his, as his children. And there's a sense then that there is a general direction uh, that we're heading in. There is, if you, were, if you were to look at a river, you observe the current of, of the river and the force of the current. If you, if you stand by a river, you, you see where it's heading. Uh, you see where it is pushing. You see where it is going to. And, 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 I, and I believe that, 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 that Jesus is speaking to us. He's speaking to his church um, about this current, about this direction that we are, that we are heading in. Um, and there is something about there being a general direction of the current there's something about that we're heading in the same direction. There's something about that we're going the same way because he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. There's something about the force and the pull and, and the movement of the Spirit of God and the Word of God as we, as we dive into the Scripture and as we see the markers that are placed along the way that we are heading towards being with Jesus, that we're, we're going to be glorified with him. And, and in the scriptures, we dive into the scriptures and we read the word of God, we start to see the, we recognize the markers along the route, don't we? We, we recognize the familiarity of the things that, are, that we are being led towards as fellow believers, as pilgrims along the, the way. And it's so important in this, at this time that we, we dive in, we imbibe the root, we, we, we find the current, um, we feel the flow and we move in the direction that he is, that Jesus is calling his his church to towards and to and to move in at at this time, because because his his perspective is one of sp- space. <laughs> height, spacious, and if you and I are in, are in Christ, we are in Christ, so we have a relationship with the King of Kings, you have a relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of history, the one that is seated at the right hand of the Father, you have a relationship with him and to be in Christ is to be in a spacious place so on this journey there is more far more than you can imagine right now because you are in Christ and there's a spacious place for you There's the more of God that he wants you 
to see and that he is inviting you into. And, you know, we've stood on Blue Mountain in Sky, and uh, it's pretty stunning at the top. You get a 360 of the Munros over in Scotland and out to, to sea. And uh, it's just amazing. And to be in Christ is to raise your vision and view. There is more that he has for you. And, and it's through him that we see it. It's through him that we, we understand that there's so much more for, for us in, in him as we allow him to, to, to take us in the direction that he wants us to go, to go in. There is, in the scripture, there's a place of being established in the faith, not being, you know, blown about by every wind or doctrine or, like, tossed about. There is, there is a place for you to be established, to, to be rooted and grounded in Christ and not to feel, you can feel solid. And that's what God wants for you in your faith and in, and in your journey. Um, that's what Paul longs for, for the church. That's what he talks about. And, and that's for you. You can be established and feel strong and that you can then speak out into your situations, into the places that you are because you are established and grounded and rooted in Christ. And he wants to lift your vision and view as to who he is and for you to see that. And um, so we are, we are on this journey and he is walking. <laughs> he walks with us. Um, he leads us. We are fellow pilgrims. We help one another um, because we're going, we're going to the same place. And I've got this story, which I love this story. Um, I, I've, I just found it um, really, really cool. It's um, John G. Lake. And um, he, it's how he went. It's his story of going to Africa. And um, he... He wanted to go to Africa as a little boy. He planned to go. And uh, he was looking forward to going to Africa. And, uh, he, but he got on with what Jesus was asking him to do in the general direction that God was taking him. <clears throat> and he was obedient and left the specifics with God because God calls us to get the order right in, in our lives. He calls us to the general and leave the specifics um, to, to him. And so he was getting on with what God was, uh, had called him to do, where he was. So um, he was uh, 
he was cutting down an oak tree with a guy and he felt the spirit say to him, go to Indianapolis, prepare for a winter campaign, get a large haul and in the spring you will go to Africa. So I thought, okay, well I'll get on and I will do what um, the spirit has just asked me to do. So he, he goes to um, Indi- Indianapolis and he'd been preaching there for some time and uh, he had a friend there with him called John. Uh, and, and John asks him, if we are going to Africa in the spring, it's time we are asking for the money to go to Africa. And, uh, and he said, well, I've been, I've been praying for the money since the new year, but I've not, had, I've not had any money. And so his friend said to him, well... Um, never mind. How much is it going to take for you to get to for you to get to Africa? Two thousand um, dollars. So come on then, John. Let's pray for for this money. So they prayed for this these two thousand dollars, and his friend said to him, "Okay, stop praying now. You don't need to pray because you're going to have the money in four days." Um, so so they stopped praying, and so. In four days, uh, this letter came to the post office containing uh, four $500 drafts. And uh, the letter in it said, I was standing in the bank at Monrovia, California, and something said to me, send Tom $2,000. It's yours, Tom, to do with whatever God has shown you to do, to do with this money. And so John G. Lake, he went and bought his tickets for, for Africa. And uh, he was traveling. He, had a, he, had that, he bought the tickets and he had a little money. And he was traveling with his wife and seven children. I just thought, <laughs> that's incredible, isn't it? Wife and seven children. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, there were a lot of expenses, obviously, besides the tickets. But he'd always never asked for money. He always prayed and asked God for the money. So, he never, he never told anybody when he needed money. He asked, he asked God for the money. And so, um, they set off. And he had $1.50 as they set off towards Africa. Uh, and as the train pulled out of Indianapolis, uh, he was given another $2. Uh, and so he had $3.50 as he set off for Africa. <laughs> um, and then there was a lady that was traveling with them uh, to Detroit, and she needed a $10 ticket. Um, to get to Michigan. And so uh, John G. Lake said to his wife, I need $10 to buy Winnie a ticket. So we prayed. They got off at Detroit at eight o'clock. The train pulled into the station and his brother and his sister were there and uh, another guy was there. And this guy took him to one side and said, I hope you don't mind, but um, I'd like to give you $10. Um, So... He thanked him for it, 
and he bought Winnie. <laughs> bought Winnie a $10 ticket. So he had $3.50 still. And um, he took a ship to New Brunswick, bought some canned beef and some canned beans. Um, and he still had $1.50 left. And then they finally boarded the ship with $1.25. He gave 50 cents to the table steward, 50 cents to the bedroom steward, and had 25 cents left when they reached England. Um, they were five days in Liverpool, and um, they were covered for their expenses while they, were, while they were in Liverpool. They arrived in South Africa on May the 15th, 1908, and um, before they could get on the shore, they had to have $125 to get um, <clears throat> through the immigration. And as they were waiting in the line, and he was thinking how what he was going to say to explain the fact that they had no money, a guy pulled him out of the line and said, I want to give you this traveler's check for $200. I feel like I need to give you this. And so they arrived in Johannesburg with his family with nowhere to stay, strangers in the country, no friends or acquaintances, and with seven children. And a lady came up uh, looking for an American missionary with seven children. And she said, the Lord has sent me to meet you and I want to give you a home. At three o'clock that same day, we were in a furnished cottage. God had provided us a home. And that is how we got to Africa. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Just incredible. And, you know, it's... Being a pilgrim and allowing God to lead us and to show us what is, what is possible. And the story of uh, Martha and Mary in Luke 10. I'm just going to read, read those verses. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So I just want us to just think about this, this story um, for a moment. Um, you know, we're thinking about um, believing and doing what the Bible says. We're thinking about being open to hearing the voice, the voice um, of, of God and what he's asking us to do. And, you know, you, you could say, well, you know, Martha, she's, she's, she's just being a normal person <laughs> in that situation. She's the one that opened her home to Jesus. So, you know, it, that's what the passage says. She let Jesus in. She made room 
for Jesus in, in a house. She was the one. Um, and you would think, well, you know, since she's made room for Jesus, then surely everything should go smoothly then. You know, she, she's let him in to the house. She's made room for him. Um, but actually, she ends up being very uncomfortable because Jesus is maybe not what she expected he was going to be or he, he, he didn't do what she thought he should do in that situation. And it's interesting, isn't it? You know, that, that speaks to us, doesn't it, in, in our lives. As we, as we make room for Jesus, we sometimes come with our expectations and, you know, the things that we think <laughs> should happen or the things that, that Jesus should do. But Jesus is inviting us to follow and to walk and to walk with, with him. And so it's not our ways, but it's his. He invites us into his, into his ways as we make, as we make room for, for him. And uh, Mary was acting as a disciple uh, in those days. If you sat at the rabbi's feet, then you were... A, a disciple, and she was not distracted. Um, whereas it tells us in the story, doesn't it, that that Martha something had distracted her from from Jesus. Um, so she was distracted um, from him by something, and Jesus says, doesn't he, that. Um, she was, she was anxious about that. And she was, because Jesus was in the house, she was, her thoughts, her, the way that she was, was being flagged up and highlighted. And the hindrances that she had were being highlighted by, by Jesus. And, you know, he does that. Um, in our lives, the things that are hindering us in our lives, the false beliefs that we might have, he highlights those things to bring freedom to us. The, the distractions that, that, we, that we have, he highlights those to show us that there's a better way because the main thing is the main thing. It's our journey, it's where we're heading it's the pilgrimage that we're on. It's the direction that we're going in. It's the most important direction that we're, that we're heading in. And when we're thinking about believing and doing what, what the Bible says, it's listening, listening to the word of God as a foundation for, for what we do and getting the right order in our lives, getting the right priorities in our lives, being established in our faith um, that Jesus wants to, to do with, with us and in us. And she was operating from a place of worry and probably emotional stress uh, in, in this situation. And Jesus flags up what, what needs changing. 
um, she holds a grudge, doesn't she? Not a grudge. She, uh, she's offended by Mary, uh, her sister. And um, she's probably upset in that culture. She's thinking about the cultural protocols that, that are around her. But Jesus breaks through all of those. And Mary has had that, that courage and that confidence to make the right, the right choice. And Jesus says to Martha, doesn't he? Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. You know, I, I understand that, but one, one thing is needed. And what is missing is not another plate of food. It's for you to understand that I'm providing the meal. I'm providing the, the portion that is the best portion. And it's not going to be taken away from, from Mary. And the, the root of, of Martha is, is probably a false understanding of who Jesus is. And it's coming, realigning herself into the truth of who he is that Jesus provides us with a spacious place. He invites you to be with him. He invites you to know more of him. There are no protocols, restrictions around, there's no kind of limits that he's putting around you. He invites you towards him. He invites you to to know him. he invites you deeper into, into that relationship. It was the, the word is, is she's, she's chosen the good portion, the best, the best portion. And she was, Mary was allowing that, that truth to set, to set her, to set her free. And experiencing Jesus so it says in Colossians, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. We have those two questions, don't we, here at, at King's Church? If you just move it on, Sarah, to the... The next one, we, we, we have those two questions, don't we? Those discipleship questions. What is God saying and what am I doing about it? And we're invited into that, that process of going deeper with God, listening to him. And I've put a kind of a, a, a trajectory arrow on the top there because we don't, when we, when we encounter Jesus, the direction is realigned and we are stepping with him more accurately. So, so we're not going on, he's, he's changing like Martha, like he was trying to shift Martha um, onto the right trajectory. He tries to shift, he shifts us onto the right trajectory as we dive into his presence, as we dive into the word of God, as we allow fellow pilgrims to come alongside us and speak into our lives, um, 
to encourage us to the destination that he is, that he's taking us to. And there's, um, uh, there was a car company that uh, developed this sound thing that as you are driving along on a motorway, it would cut out all of the danger sound. So all you would hear <laughs> as you were driving was, was no, you know, you, you wouldn't hear the traffic. And uh, they, they, they cut out 99% of the outside noise. And it, it, was a, it was a big success at first until pre- people realized that it, it cut out the noise that kept uh, the driver safe. And um, it, cut, it cut out sort of the, 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 most, the, the danger as well, the, the ability to hear that. And it sort of became a, a struggle between the, the, the marketing de- department and the car safety requirements. And eventually it was scrapped. <laughs> um, and we, 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 we had that word, didn't we, about frequency and about noise and about our spiritual ears and what, we, what we're listening to. And if we just want it, we, we can't just hear the comforting voice of the king. We also, if, if we just want to hear one thing that he's saying to us, so if we want to hear his comforting voice, we drown out the Martha, Martha, you're being distracted about so many things. We're drowning, drowning out the change and the transformation and the challenge of the king. And so we need to have the right frequency in our ears, in our listening ears, in our spiritual ears, that we welcome the voice of of the king to bring change and to bring comfort. He loves us. He cares for us. But he speaks both um, into, into our lives and wants to speak both into, into our lives. Time has gone. Uh, and um, I just want to finish with uh, Matthew 18, um, verse 21 to 35. Okay, and it's the parable of um, the king and the, the steward. When Peter asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And then he goes into this story about the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, the man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children, all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. And at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that happened. 
When the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had the mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from, from your heart. I always wonder how Jesus felt when he was saying this story because he's really talking about himself um, in, in this story and he was about to face the cross. And the, the amount of money that he's talking about is beyond, it's billions, billions and billions that this, this, this person owed. And the, the thing is... Um, when Jesus died on, on the cross, he paid billions and 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 billions of debts when he died on the cross. And he said, paid in full. And he comes to your life as, as the king of kings and he stamps <laughs> right in your center of your heart right in the center paid in full all all gone paid in full paid in full and you carry that through you paid in full paid in full isn't that amazing <laughs> and so, we, we can't, because of who he is, because of what he has done, we can't take the little bits and call back the debts because we've been paid in full. And the, the problem is, if we do, then the enemy has jurisdiction because that's the law of the kingdom of God. The enemy then has jurisdiction in our lives. Because of the truth that we, we were built on, because of the truth that we're established in, because of the pilgrimage that we're on, because of who Jesus is, and where he has raised us to and what he has done in, in our lives. We, we cannot, we, we live, this is how we live on that journey and, and, in, our, and in our pilgrimage uh, with him. We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.